they were moving towards project-based learning, sure. but uh, I heard it has, has uh, morphed into something really good, you know, and that's tough over there, Greg, because Western ideals in an Islamic country don't, don't mix well together. Hi, and welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of the Exploring the Core podcast. In this episode, I speak with Conley Hathorne about his work with action research in the field of education in the United Arab Emirates. Thank you for listening. Dr. Conley Hathorne is a professor of education in Louisiana who I had the great fortune of meeting at an education conference earlier this year in San Diego, California. He was presenting his 2018 study on a fascinating approach for professional development in schools called Action Research. But the twist, to me, was that they did this study with teachers in the United Arab Emirates, or the UAE. And what really hooked me was how they were exploring action research for professional development through a pragmatic lens, insisting on treating research as a human experience based on the beliefs and actions of the practitioners, or the teachers. And it was that aspect of their study that piqued my interest because it relates so closely with a model I've been developing that illustrates the relationship between elements of culture, values, and social and emotional competencies. So, when I met Dr. Hathorne and later read his research study, I was very interested to learn more about his experience with the beliefs and actions of the teachers he worked with in the UAE, especially from his perspective as an advocate for more progressive educational philosophies here in the U.S. In fact, it's important to note as you listen to our conversation, we end up using action research, his study, to explore elements of culture as they relate to schools in the U.S. and the UAE. We start with a brief chat about what action research is, how elements of culture influence, how it can be implemented in schools, and then we return to how action research can benefit schools to be implemented in schools in a way that, and I think this is the big takeaway of our conversation, that it's implemented in a way that tends to the beliefs and actions of a school's practitioners. So please enjoy my conversation with Dr. Hathorne about his work with Action Research for Professional Development in the United Arab Emirates. Good morning, Conley. <laughs> Good morning, Greg. So for the podcast and the people listening, could you say what part of the world you're talking to us from and what you're up to? Like any uh, new projects that you've been working on? We are in central Louisiana little small regional university outside of Alexandria, about eight miles. Uh, we're, we're a branch off of Louisiana State University. Uh, and a, we've just become the School of Education this year. So that's added a little prestige to our program. I've been here uh, seven years and I came here directly from the United Arab Emirates where I was working uh, in the, they call them government schools. Uh, so that's, I've been here seven years. It's just the most fantastic place to work. And uh, that's where we are right now. I, I'm really excited to talk to you because of that history and background mm -hmm. and the work that you're doing right now, because uh, in 2018, 
you published a study uh, that looks at something called action research. Uh, would you speak a bit about what action research is exactly? And, and what about it benefits professional development in schools? Dr. Dana in, at the University of Florida was doing this over there. Uh, University of Florida had a heavy presence over there. And, and it's really called inquiry-based uh, research. You, some people call it case study. We, it was called inquiry. So if you That's wanted cool. to do, you know, you, it's, it's defining a problem. Mm -hmm. and finding an answer to it through inquiry. But they do a lot of research. They do, you know, like uh, one of one we did in my class, if, if all the ice in the world melted, would it flood the coastal plains? So now you're getting into buoyancy and, and all of that different things. And that's, mm -hmm. that's kind of inquiry. It starts off with a question and you start doing the research and you, you come up with recommendations and answers. And it snowballs into more inquiry yeah. questions and you have more to decide inquiry. how they all connect. Yep. You have to write a lit review and you have mm -hmm. to, it's got to be based on research, mm -hmm. not your opinion. Uh, so uh, that's kind of where, what we do in science, science methodology, big on that. Uh, I've seen it done in fifth and sixth grade where it's very successful. It's very student oriented. Uh, of course, the kids have tasks every day they have to do it. It's, it's more of a guided inquiry. Uh, which is right. which is reasonable at those younger ages. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering when it comes to action research, which is an inquiry based model for professional yeah. development, applying what you're talking about you're doing with students. Yeah, it sounds like action research is a teacher focused inquiry based yeah. approach. If, if you were in a public school, and uh, you had a maybe a problem with discipline, discipline management, managing classrooms. You would divide your teachers up. They do the research. They come up with the, the answers and recommendations and uh, programs to put in their school that would help their teachers manage classrooms better. Uh, you could do it with if you had a presence of bullying in your school. So this is using the action research approach. Yes. yes. And I don't remember, Greg, exactly, but there was 13 parts to it of the inquiry-based education we did with, with the teachers. It was not just, okay, do this study. It was a week by week, okay, step one, step two, step 13. And it's now very the, simple, you know. The, the teachers are doing all of this research themselves no. as a collective, yes? Yes, and that was a, a, one of their big complaints with all the other stuff they have to do with testing now. Even in the UAE, they're starting to do a lot of it's you know standardized testing, and that was one of the major complaints of having the time. There it is. Because I was it. thinking it, I was thinking it as you were talking about it. I think a lot of school leaders would love. I think a lot of school leaders here in the U.S. especially would love to allocate in-school time for teachers oh, yeah. to work on classroom-based research. But, you know, I'm sure there are obstacles that you've noticed in your research with Action Research in, in U.S. and in UAE. What obstacles have you observed in making Action Research a reality in schools? But biggest to me is teaching them how to do it, hmm. okay? You, you can't just go, okay, we're going to do action research, okay? Even, even with, 
we try to do it with our our students here and we have to guide them through it and then and, and there's a big frustration uh level with uh they have to make lesson plans they have to do duty but then they have this hanging over their head where they have to go uh, meet together and finish a research study you see it's another thing on their plate another thing on their plate and that was the biggest there was more positives in it than negatives but that was the biggest negative and i think it's true with them you know teachers are especially in the west are are worked a lot you know they're working in the summer now you know? yeah yeah. So that was the biggest, that was the biggest drawback, I think. Uh, hmm. Was having, having the time with all of the other roles yeah. and responsibilities the teachers yeah. have, you know, in the U.S., teachers are, you know, being increasingly overworked, I think is, is something that you've seen. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, and I'm, and I'm curious yes. if in the UAE, was it similar? Similar. It was becoming similar. Interesting. It was becoming, it was moving towards that. Uh, they were building modern schools, the, the fa most fantastic schools you'd ever see. But they all were the technology, smart. yeah, all that technology. Uh, yeah, and that's another thing. We, as principal advisors, we were putting in and showing them how to use technology. They were starting to develop computer rooms and starting to use computers for research, and, and students were starting to... Uh, they were moving towards project-based learning. So I don't, I, I've lost account of where it is now, sure. but uh, I heard it has, has uh, morphed into something really good, you know, and that's tough over there, Greg, because, uh, you know, Western ideals in an Islamic country don't, don't mix well together. And I was just about to say, it sounds like with the modern improvements and technologies are coming with those improvements, yeah. uh, increased responsibilities placed on the teacher's shoulders to manage all of it. Yeah. And, and it sounds like with all of the modern solutions come with them, all the modern problems. Well, and you got to understand the presence of, of every Islam uh, directs every part of their life. Okay. Now, in that in that vein, one, you know, one of the interests I have is specific to elements of culture mm -hmm. and the influence they can have on larger populations, but also smaller groups of people like school populations and classrooms. Mm -hmm. And one of those elements that, that I, I've talked about in, in, in the past is language, which I consider a cornerstone of culture. And in your study, you conclude that more academic research materials need to be made available in yes. languages other than English. Right. I'm curious, I, what brought you to that conclusion? They brought me to that conclusion. We tried to, to, to connect English and everything they did except Arabic and Islam, of course. Mm -hmm. But uh, there isn't enough research in Arabic, hmm. even though uh, you can find studies that are done in the UAE now, they're written in English. Interesting. And you have, and of course, reading that, that research is hard enough, you know, and trying to understand it. But if it's, if you don't, they were, they were not very strong in English. And of course we had interpreters with us. Uh, most of them were Egyptian or Palestinian, uh, Syrian, Jordanian. We went into schools, we would have, one with us okay 
So, uh, but that that was one of their biggest complaints. We can't find research in in uh, Arabic. Mm-hmm. So, translating all of this research and all the research materials from English to Arabic, yeah. Yeah. that comes with its own obstacles because I imagine there are there are limits to the English language when trying to translate to uh, the kinds of words in Arabic yeah. that are referring yeah. to certain cultural norms exactly that are hard to communicate. It, it, and yes, and uh, Google translation, and I'm not knocking Google, but the, the Arab, <laughs> Arabs would tell me that that's probably, you know, just like you said, so much is missed in, in the translation. It's not the same. Okay. And even with a translator there, sometimes, you know, it's not like me would be speaking Arabic to them. You have, I'm speaking English to the translator. He's going and speaking to the the audience. Mm -hmm. And a lot, a lot is missed in translation and and you can't break the cultural norms over there. Now, one of the cultural norms that I've heard is uh, when you when you're asking some because you're over there to advise teachers, you're over there to coach Mm -hmm. teachers. And so there are moments where you have to tell them what to do, that where uh, telling somebody to do something is different than asking them to do it and that there are certain subtle ways yeah, in which yeah you tell them to do something you're going to lose that battle and you're going to really offend okay now is that so, different from telling a teacher in the united states you have to do this but i mean think about if if you had a uh, an arab principal was placed in your school and you're the principal with 20 years experience and the guy was telling you how how you need to do something it's all reg built upon relationships and once you develop those relationships with the teachers they feel somewhat comfortable around you then you can start getting into the realm of stronger advisement but the the biggest thing you have to develop relationships and we did that from the get-go and and uh, a lot of teachers uh advisors people from other countries come over there and they're strong in their language and they demand this and demand you can't demand nothing you know you can get yourself demanded right out of the country you see so yeah uh the biggest advice i have is you better do your homework you better know about the culture you better develop relationships now, the okay. relationship aspect is a brilliant note because that's a, another element of culture I've found to be important, especially in schools, is, is something called structural relationships. Mm-hmm. That's the power dynamic between specific yeah. predefined roles. So a teacher-student relationship might be different than the parent-teacher relationship, which might be different from the admin-teacher or the admin-parent relationship. Yeah. But, it, but it's how these rules might be influencing how much autonomy a teacher or student might have in their classroom, different than the home and different in school meetings. Do you think this might have played a role in how action research was being adopted in the UAE? I think this, with action research, you're giving autonomy to do research yourself. 
And maybe that's a little uncomfortable for the principal because you take that that power structure out of his or her hands and you put it into the the teacher. Ergo, the teacher is starting to have a a, a presence in running the school, is which is what you really want. You see, you want to have a buy-in on that, and and you cannot do that. And I keep coming back to relationships, and you just have to be over there to understand it. Now, do you think that played into, do you think that was a benefit to the the conclusions you're making in this 2018 uh, study where uh, you found that individual support should be given to teachers during the action research process, that teachers yeah. should be allocated more in-school time to work on research? Yeah. And, 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 and yes, yes. And, and uh, well, that was a, another complaint they had in the study that, even though they were doing action research as professional development once a week, they also had to do professional development. And they said, well, I thought we were doing action research as professional development, hmm. but it, it still was coming from the top that you had to do this, but you also had the choice to do the inquiry based learning or action research. You see? Okay. So even in the United States, if you were going to do that, you would have to have more release days for the teachers. But I think the benefit would would outweigh the other. Yeah, so, that's definitely a, a conclusion that your study makes is that the, the benefits outweigh the challenges and obstacles. Uh, and so I'm what I'm curious is we're talking about social norms, uh, you know, predefined roles and relationships. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the differences between the U.S. and the U.A.E. So somebody coming from the U.S., from Louisiana, going to the U.A.E. and applying action research to improve professional development of teachers for student-centered learning. Um, the relational structure yeah. of the U.A.E. versus the more uh, top-down school structure of you're going to be there at two o'clock, you're not going to come. If you come in late, you're going to come in quietly, you're going to sit down and listen. Do you think that the relational aspect in the UAE of their social norms uh, benefits good. action research? My opinion, the relational part will help, but I think it's more they're not used to research and they're not used to working the long hours that Western teachers are. I mean, when it's two o'clock, that that school is empty. Whereas our schools, there's something going on till five, six, seven, you know, so they're used to when it's time to go, it's time to go. And they resent that when they have to stay 30 or 40 minutes after school to work on action research. And, and in defense of them, you know, you just can't throw a research study on, I would say in the United States, you know, research is hard to do, you know, I do. <laughs> you no, know, you know, I mean, and, and uh, but but the cultural part of it is it is very a very relational society. You, you may go to one of their nice hotels and have coffee and sit and talk for four or five hours. You know, it sounds wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just like, you know, that that's what you would do. And and uh like I say, once again, it's built around the, the, the Islamic faith, you know, and, and the old Matawas, that's the way they taught in the religious schools. You know, they sit, you sit in a row 
and you got talked to, you know, and when you come in and try to put that Western part of, of that in your culture, then you're taking, it's kind of like defacing Islam a little bit. You see, it sounds like a little bit of displacement has to occur. Yeah. In yeah. order for, uh, cause you mentioned in, in your, just even in your abstract, you say how action research in, uh, for PD, you know, mm -hmm. insists on treating research as a human experience based on right. the beliefs and actions of the practitioners exactly. and beliefs and actions uh, in, in a place like the UAE sounds yes. like uh, you're saying Islam is a big influence on how the relationships are built and how norms are developed. Yeah. And so if AR for PD is going to be in a place like the UAE, then it has to account for those beliefs and actions of the practitioners. And, and uh, I, I think they could have planned it out a little bit better. I don't think they should have put a male in an all women's school. Okay. I don't, I don't, that's just socially unattractive, you know, to those people. Now, did it work out as long as you, you know, respected the women that don't make eye contact, you know, don't, you know, I had one woman shake my hand over there in eight years. You know, she was an Egyptian lady, and I think she wanted to show me I can be Western. You know, it didn't it didn't bother me. You see, so uh, now as when we talk about norms and and relationships in the United States in the context of action research for PD, do you think that action research is potentially more successful in the United States because teachers are already expected to work those extra hours? Yes, I do. I think in our, our universities and, and master's programs and PhDs and educational specialists, those teachers, you know, get a good taste of research. So they understand how to do it. I, I think this is that the amount of training they receive in college and some of them haven't even been to college to be a teacher, you see. In the so UAE. I, in the UAE. So I think uh, they just don't know how to do it. I mean, if you can teach them to write a lesson plan, that's a big accomplishment or teach them how to organize a class into cooperative groups. Uh, it was uh, preceding the Western uh, influence. It was very uh, rote memorization. And I, I would say the United States is, is working really hard to move away from that uh, set of practices as well. And I hope so, so. So what is it about action research that most benefits a school? Of all the body of literature out there on best practices, they don't focus on two or three strategies in mm -hmm. class. Now they're learning more and more strategies, okay, because they're reading more literature and they're learning more strategies and they're reflecting on it. So that's, that's the, that to me is one of the biggest benefits. They're learning the body of literature and also they're becoming more stakeholders in the school. Okay. Not, not Joe from Minnesota that's going to make a thousand dollars a day that didn't, doesn't know about our school. You don't know our school. You don't know our community. And that's where I think, well, maybe one of our areas, the public school is missing. We're not educating our communities either. You see. I think there's a distinction there that has to be made where 
educating from an action research perspective is helping teachers to reflect on their practices and changing them as necessary based on the literature they're reviewing, mm -hmm. but taking that and applying it to how they're teaching students in a similar way. Exactly. Yeah. They're learning, like I said, the body of literature, what's out there, you know, and I think it's beneficial in that aspect to them. And I think also, I think they're modeling also best practices for their students too. Because with but, the principals uh, having to give teachers that autonomy to do their own research and follow their own inquiries about right. how to improve, you yeah. know, that gives the teachers so much autonomy that I think the teachers are not allowed to give that amount of autonomy to their own students. Well, every class is different. And when you're allowed to do that research and, and apply what fits your class, then I think you become a more successful teacher, you know? And how does that apply to students who might benefit from this type of action research approach to their own learning? I think it, I think it multiplies it because like I say, they're thinking, okay, they're thinking out of the box. Okay. You're giving them that opportunity to discover and think for themselves. And that's what we want in the workplace. We want ideas. We want, as a boss, I just don't want to have to tell you everything. And that's what this, this philosophy does, inquiry-based education. It puts the learning on us on you, on the student. So therefore, you're developing your ideas and you're becoming more independent uh, learner. I, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but yes, yes you are. That, that's, that's what I, I, I feel like, you know, and students it's difficult for them, but mm -hmm. eventually the light bulb will hit them and they'll go, oh, okay, I get it. And my students do that. Why are we doing this? What, you think a first grader can research? Yeah, they can, you know, I mean, they can't go to Eric homepage and research, but you know, they, they can research on their level and they can think out of the box and they can, can build models. And, and it's just a 21st century educational philosophy, you know? I wish our schools, and they may be moving this way, more project-based, even with the teachers, okay? And, and I think it needs to be more community-based, okay? We need to take care of the community. Uh, I think uh, reflecting back to the, the kindergarten school where the study was done, well, it's actually done in, in two schools for two years. But the biggest thing was I think it builds – uh, camaraderie and the staff and cohesiveness, you know, and I think it, it, it eliminates isolation and they understand, you know, okay, I have a stake in the school and my class. You're not going to tell me how to run my class. I'm researching it. I'm going to do best practices and, and I'm going to adapt it to the personality of my class. Uh, I've seen it done in schools with fifth and sixth graders uh, it, it is amazing to watch. I, I, I observed one teacher. I don't think she said three words in the class. Kids are working. They had their task. It was a guided inquiry. They were building models. It was STEM and it was, it was just uh, fantastic. I had one of my other teachers that graduated for here. She does it in her classes and I have her come talk to my classes about 
her experience in putting it in. So now you have uh, at the end of your uh, 2018 publication, you have a list of about 50 references of past research, past studies. So you're, you're pulling from a lot of concrete evidence supporting your findings. Well, I'm curious, how might a principal or a teacher who wants to learn more about action research, you know, for their school, where can they go to find, where should they go to find, uh, to start exploring action research? Can they go to you or is there a, a foundation that focuses on it? Where can people go to learn how to do this? My feeling on it is I, I think you start with the book studies. I think you start simple, okay? But I think you you uh, would contact your local universities because they want that that contact with with the area schools. They want to develop the relationship to for them a teacher to want to come and ask the professors about action research. Well, something that you say in the paper is this is not a theoretical practice. This is a pragmatic approach to professional yes, development. And I like the idea that universities, which are often seen as just, you know, the ivory tower, yeah. the ivory tower and research, the, the gap between uh, theory and practice exists because universities are too high up on that tower. And I mm -hmm. like the idea that action research is a theory of practice and by reaching out to universities you can find the coaches and and the support to put this into practice i definitely think you would and i think they'd be glad to do it because it's also community service if so to speak it's university service and that as you know that's huge you know on your faculty plan you know, not not that you're doing it just for the faculty plan, but you need that you need that praxis, uh, that connection between theory and practice. You need that, and I really do. I think I know I would be happy to to uh, coach teachers through the process. You know, now, if someone wanted to reach out to you to find out more about how to do this and get your coaching, get your support. Hmm? Where could they go to contact you? They just have to do my email. Or my okay. phone number. I just have to email me, and if they're in the area, the area of schools, I, I would be more than happy to do uh, lead a research study in their school, like I did in in the Arabic school. You know, and I'll yeah, put your email and phone number in the show notes sure. so that people can reach you, out. You have, you. yeah, do that. That that would be great, and I think most professors would do that. You know. It's not a it's not a lot of time to do that, you know. Plus, if you have teachers wanting to come, they want to learn. You see, so. But until we get down rid of the top down stuff, you know, and go back the way John Dewey admitted wanted education to be, you know, it's going to be difficult. And uh, I don't know your feelings on standardized testing, but maybe I shouldn't <laughs> say anything on that. Well, hey, I. Conley, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. It's it's been an absolute pleasure. And and I this is uh, uh, new territory for me, so you may have to do a lot of editing, okay? But uh, I know you'll take care of that. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, and uh, I would like to show no, I'm, it. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. I wish Tina would have been able to, and I wish we could have got Doctor Dylan. It would have been very it 
it would have been very impressive to get three people, as you know, you know, mm -hmm. and someone who's lived over, she's been there. I bet. Uh, Dr. Dillon is the co-author of the study. Yeah. She, yeah. She's uh, been there a good 10, 15 years, I think, you know, so she's been there a while. So, and, uh, yeah. Well, you know, Dr. Dillon, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. With, and out with, there. And with that, uh, with that, I will say thank you again, Dr. Hathorn. Yep. And, uh, and uh, I, I appreciate you being on. Uh, I appreciate the opportunity to do something like this. And I hope that will, you know, motivate some people to try to get more into research because we, we strongly believe in it, you know, and it's a very necessary part of education, you know. Mm -hmm.